0: Welcome to The Summit, a podcast about marketing, interesting things on the web, and how to grow your business. Today's guest is Alyssa Fox, Senior Director of Partner Marketing at Alert Logic. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning, Kyle. Hey, uh, I would love to have you tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. First of all, thanks for having me here today. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Um, So my background is primarily in content. Um, I started out in technical content and was in engineering departments for a number of years running technical content teams. Um, And then I actually made my way over to marketing through um, content strategy looking at content strategy across the enterprise, across marketing, information development, technical content, support content, et cetera. And um, I've discovered that in my various marketing roles that I've had um, in the last over the last few years, content really plays a central role. So um, I'm currently in partner marketing, as you noted earlier, but I've also run a marketing Departments for a startup, as well as um, was in a content strategy leadership role in a very large public company in the marketing department before that. So I'm really excited about how content plays such a significant role in marketing um, across the board, as well as larger enterprises when you look across um, various departments that all use content.
0: That's great. Well, we're we're excited to have you as a guest today, and as as you uh, as you have stated, we're going to have you talk to us about content marketing now. You know, in your role as you've transitioned from a, a technical writer and technical, technical documentation and moved into this role that's, that looks at a broader spectrum of marketing communications and how content plays. Tell us why uh, content marketing is A, such a big category, and B, why it's important for organizations to consider.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so content marketing has kind of evolved over the last, I'd say, maybe 10 years or so. I know Joe Pulizzi, um from uh, the Content Marketing Institute played a big role in that. Um, and to me, it kind of evolved from a need to look at ways to talk to customers more about how we solve their problems rather than the navel gazing of really saying, oh, look at me and my products. Aren't they outstanding? Um, so nobody really cares about your products if they don't know what they're gonna do for them so um, content marketing kind of arose out of that Um, the one thing I really like about content marketing especially having been in in several different marketing departments now is seeing the kind of impact you can get from a properly targeted and um, written piece of content that really aims at helping customers um, what kind of impact and ROI you can get based on that versus the historical traditional way of doing marketing with either advertising or um, an event-heavy strategy. Um, so I think that um, based on my experience in marketing, you know, you can really get a lot of bang for your buck with a with a well-written, well-aimed piece of content and all of the things around that, and campaigns run around that, and um, atomized content and other ways and formats of sending that out um, for a lot less cost than uh, perhaps running an event, which frankly doesn't bring you um, the qualified leads that you would normally get from content quite as well because they're not as as targeted always. So um, that's something I've noticed in my my last few years. Content marketing has really risen to the top, I think especially also because of the digital um, transformation that, we're, that we've seen over the last several years. Um, obviously going from an event where you actually have to spend a lot of money to travel and show up and talk to people face to face is obviously more cost intensive um, and, and a lot more effort around that versus content marketing because so much stuff is online, um, being able to go out and search in Google or whatever for information about the problem that you're having and who could possibly solve that and how it could possibly be solved is really powerful.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, it, it, sounds like content touches on a lot of different areas and from a, a ubiquity standpoint, it's ever present and ever, ever green as it lives online. You talked a little bit about the specific a uh, use case of a, a targeted piece versus an event how does content fit into an integrated strategy and maybe even before you answer that, what, what types of content, I think sometimes people think content is just a blog or is a, is a newspaper article or or things like that. What is content?
1: Ah, That's an awesome question. Um, so I, what I like to say when I'm talking to people about content is that no deal is ever done without content because, There are so many types of content that people don't even realize are content. For example, the email that a salesperson might send a prospect, that's content. And the way that they frame the message and the way that they talk about the customer's problem that they're trying to solve, that's content. And it needs to be aligned with the message that your company is trying to send about how you help people solve their problems in their everyday jobs. Um, Other things, like you, you mentioned blog, right? Obviously that's content. Um, an ebook is content, PDF, um, assets that you can download, um, build campaigns around all content, social media tweets, 140 characters is content. And the important thing about content is that it all needs to align because if you're, if what you're saying in your emails, um, from a salesperson to a prospect doesn't align with the voicemails that your, um, lead, Development representatives are are leaving for people to try and get them to engage doesn't align with what the message is on your homepage on your website. Uh, Again, another form of content web pages. Um, Then your customers and prospects are going to be confused and um, that's why it's so essential to have a strategy around content, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, but um, the all of that. Comes together and really needs to be integrated. So, you know, back to the integrated part of the question um, when you're talking about building campaigns uh, or programs around um, publicizing and promoting content, you know, you, you can't really build a campaign without some sort of content, whether it's a webpage that you're pointing back to, or a landing page for an event that you want to invite people to, that they need to register for, or a content asset like a white paper, Um, all of that is built around content because you want to point them to something that they can actually use to help them solve their problems. And that's, and I know I keep saying that about helping them solve their problems, but that is the core of it, that is the aim of your content, to help them understand uh, what they need to do to be able to take care of that stuff, so they're not worried about that particular problem, they can focus on their day jobs.
0: That's great, it, it, and you know, the thing that, that that's interesting to me, Alyssa, as I listen to you talk, is you know, the 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 world of content can almost seem too big. Where do I start? <laughs> right? Absolutely. What what where's the right place to focus, and what's the right place to to kick off with? As you, as you think about strategy and you think about organizations regardless of size, how does, how does an organization begin to eat the elephant that is content or a content strategy for their, for their company?
1: So I think you really need to start with your messaging because everything you do flows from that messaging. Um, every time you write an email, every time you leave a voice message, every time you create a web page, it all needs to align with the messaging around who your company is and what they do and how they help you. Um, and you know, there's obviously different levels of messaging. There's company level messaging, there's um, solution level messaging, there's all the way down to product level messaging, but understanding what you want to say about how you help customers and prospects um, is absolutely essential or you're going to find yourself going around in circles so when i worked at the startup that i mentioned earlier when i first got there they didn't really have any marketing they had a website um, but it was primarily written by developers and not not marketing people And there was not a lot of thought put into what is the message we are trying to put out to the world? You know, and, and your message can't be, we have great products. Because as I mentioned earlier, nobody cares about your products if they don't understand how they correlate to what they're trying to do in their own jobs. So understanding that that messaging takes time is important to get it right. You wanna get it right. That's not to say the messaging can't ever change, but really understanding and getting everybody on board with this is how we wanna talk about what we do and how we help people. And then you start building content around that. I would say my personal recommendation is if you don't have any content, um, build up your website first because the first thing anybody does when they hear your name is going they're gonna go to the web and look up your website. And if your website doesn't properly convey who you are and what you do, that's gonna be a problem with any other type of content um, that you then try to do after that.
0: You, you talked about focusing on the core message and what you're trying to say. that. That proves to be more difficult than I think a lot of organizations give, give credence or credit to. Is there, okay. a, is there a framework or a, a thought process that's a really good foundation for helping people identify and, and hone in on what those key messages or, or key elements should be?
1: Great question. So there's probably, uh, there's multiple frameworks and multiple ways to approach that. I can tell you from working in a $4 billion public company down to a startup with 20 people that we approached it very differently, right? For those two two different organizations. Um, so when I was working at the startup, I actually worked worked with an agency that had a, a, a sort of framework and, and questions that they asked of the client to really understand and dig into what they were trying to do, what, what their main value proposition was, where they were most um where they were the strongest and really delivering that value to prospects and customers so while i can't really point to an exact framework i'm sure if you search on the web there's there's a bunch of different ways to go about this but when i worked at the larger company you know we had a huge messaging framework doc that could be you know anywhere from 5 to 10 pages if you're a startup you probably don't need 5 to 10 pages of messaging but if you're in a company that has you know 15 portfolios with 200 products it might be a different answer there um the way i like to look at it regardless of the scale is as I mentioned earlier making sure that you have those levels of messaging uh, all the way from company level messaging to solution level messaging or could be even portfolio level messaging below that or product level messaging and understanding the right ways and places to apply those different levels
0: That's great that's great uh, great advice there at the end as far as how you you stack rank those now once you have your message, how do you choose what to do with it? I mean, you talked about focusing on the website cause that's where, where everybody goes first, but there's a lot of folks out there who'd say, okay, the next thing to do is email marketing or social media. Now we're starting to get into the channels that we're delivering the content. What's, what's the right approach to taking your message and, and figuring out how to campaign it or, or, or do you campaign it next? What do you do next once you have your message?
1: Well, I don't think that I, you know, I want to jump straight from a website into email marketing, for example, especially if you don't have any content assets, because when you're talking about email marketing or drip campaigns or nurture campaigns, or even you know, paid media um, and, and uh, pay-per-clicks and all of that, you've got to have something to point back to. And it's funny that you asked this particular question, because I, I had this argument over and over with our CEO in um, our, my, my last company, The Startup. He was very, well, I wouldn't say very familiar, but he was pretty familiar with um, paid media. I wanted to spend a lot of money on ads and retargeting and driving people back to the website. But what my argument was, was that we don't have anything to drive these people to. So if they come to a website and they just kind of see a kind of bare bones website of Sort of what we do because we're just building our messaging out, but we don't have any additional things to point them to and guide them through, you know, discovering their problem and understanding their problem and understanding a solution to that problem, then they're going to get frustrated. They're going to leave and they're never going to come back, and we're going to lose that potential lead or opportunity. Whereas if we hold off a little bit on that paid media, actually build out some content assets, some white papers, get a blog going on a a regular basis, Um, you know, maybe do some ebooks for a little more graphical interaction um, and actually have something to point them to that gives them useful information, then they're much more likely to either stay with us through a nurture campaign a little bit down the road or come back to our website in the future. So we did a lot of education, a lot of discussion around that um, because he just didn't understand content marketing and what the value of the content was there. Um, Just having a website isn't going to do you any good if you don't have stuff that gives people, things from that website. So I would say email marketing might come a little bit further down the road when you actually have something to build into that especially around nurture campaigns. Um, but my next step after the website would be um, some sort of assets, you know, the white papers, the eBooks, the infographics, the um, blog. Um, the second thing I did at my, my last company was after I got the website going and, and a little bit better in shape, I started a frequent blog series. And if nothing else, at least you have something on your website while you're building out larger content assets that can provide that guidance, that information, that uh, thought leadership around the market that you're in and the information around those problems that they're trying to
0: solve. You know, there are, there are people specifically, and I would say probably more of a sales role that would argue or, or take a position of the content leads or the content people that we're establishing these relationships with is a waste of time. We need people that are going to drive revenue right now. How do you, how do you negotiate that? Especially when you're in a, an environment like the startup we you're in, where we have to balance driving revenue for today's needs, but also you know, the content, which appears to be as, at least as you've described it, more of a long-term play strategy.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a dichotomy that you're gonna have to deal with. Um, And and you're absolutely right. The content marketing, it is a long-term strategy. It is not something that happens overnight. We're talking six months minimum before you probably start to see return on that, depending on your sales cycle. But what I find so funny about that is because, of course, I had that from, you know, VP of sales and stuff. Well, I, you know, what are we? Yeah, sure. That might help down the road. But here's what I need right now. The funny thing is, every time they came back to me and said, hey, I need X. Guess what? It was content. (laughs) They just needed it on a shorter timeline. It might have been a chart showing, um, you know, feature comparisons. It might have been a chart showing um, different uh, the different um, order of in which a customer was going through certain things and needed quick responses like a conversation card or a battle card that sort of thing so they're still asking for content they're just asking for it on a shorter term so um, or a shorter timeline so um, it's definitely a matter of balance what, what I tried to do when I built out my content plan and my content strategy I, I, I tried to do a long-term plan and then a, a more a short term by quarter plan. So here's exactly what I'm planning on doing this quarter, and then that's going to feed my overall strategy for the next year in this way. Um, what I tried to do was build out what I really thought was important for the long-term content plan, and then also allow some room for those short-term requests from sales. You know, the battle card or a quick web page to address a need that, you know, we'd had a whole lot of requests about that sort of thing. So being able to really understand how to estimate that work and have the right resources on hand helped help me do that.
0: So it sounds like you know, you're, you're touching different, different sides of a funnel. And as you step down through the funnel, a lot of content strategy is, I is uh, would say, probably aimed at the attract, at least the stuff that most marketers are uh, propagated with in, in uh, either social media or the stuff that's touched on as it relates to content. But you, you bring up some interesting things as it relates to the buying cycle and the, and the conversion part of a funnel. Mm -hmm. How how does an organization balance attracting new customers and closing the people that they do have in the pipeline?
1: So I think typically when people are working with content marketing, the vast majority of the content they put out there, I'd say 70 to 80% is in that attract part of the funnel, like you mentioned. Um, And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, it's the easiest. It's the easiest to do just period Um, it's easy to go out there and see what people are talking about online it's easy to see what your competitors are doing as far as you know thought leadership content Um, and it just doesn't take quite as much digging into the details and the really understanding maybe specific customers or prospects and where they are in that cycle and and what they really need to close the deal Secondly, um, the, the mid to, to lower funnel, uh, you know, the actual consideration and decision part of the funnel where, you know, you're you're actually working on closing the deals, um, take it takes longer and it's harder, you know, obviously flip side of the top funnel being easier. Um, we're talking about things that really start to close the deal for people like customer, they wanna know that somebody else has adopted the solution and it's worked for them and they wanna understand their problems. But then you have the whole problem of, okay, how do I get a customer to commit to actually publicly saying that they use this product and it's, it works really well for them? So there's a lot more of that sort of digging. There's a lot more of technical detail. So you're enge- having to engage other teams in things for, you know what are the technical requirements for this product? Things that nobody cares about when they're first starting to look at things that or even realize they have a problem. So not until they get later down in the funnel do they care about this. So there's a lot more people involved in, in creating that kind of content. There's a longer uh, content creation cycle. There's usually a longer content review cycle as well. Reviews are always, um, sometimes seem to go in a black hole, <laughs> going back and forth and back and forth, trying to um, get that that sort of thing in there. But I think if you don't plan properly for addressing all three areas of the funnel or for however you depend, you know, depending on how your organization might might siphon it out um, then you're not you're almost always gonna neglect the middle and the bottom of the funnel just because it's so much harder to do and harder to come up with with the content as well as the ideas and topics for that content so I think when you're building out a con and that's one reason you know a content strategy and a content plan is so important um, just doing ad hoc content you know let's say you put ten pieces of content out in a quarter and you know, maybe one of those will resonate and really hit home with some people, but if you just got lucky, in my opinion. If you're not sitting down and thinking about who is your audience, what part of the funnel do you want this particular piece of content to hit? What is the point of this piece of content? Who is it aimed at? You know, Can you use it again in a different way? Can you atomize it into different formats? Um, then you're really not gonna get what you need out of that piece of content. It's not gonna perform for you like you really want it to or like it could. Um, and so that's why it's so important to think of all areas of the funnel versus just randomly throwing content out there because a salesperson asked for a white paper in the hallway, or um, you know that so-and-so, your competitor X and competitor Y are talking about this topic, so you better rush out there and get something else out about that topic. That's not what's gonna close deals for you. A well thought out strategy addressing all areas of the funnel is what, what's gonna really make it work.
0: That's great insight. So as you, as you take those uh, learnings and you try and boil it down, what are the critical elements to have in just a a basic content offering.
1: Now, when you say content offering, do you mean a content strategy or a content, a set of content assets?
0: I would say a set of content assets.
1: Okay, so um, again, I'll go back to the content strategy, Um, making sure that your content strategy addresses what you want to do with the content and understanding that audience are your very, basic starting points. Um, When I was working in a really, that really large organization that I mentioned earlier, um, there was a lot of, hey, we need to do this content and this content, or we're going to do a campaign around X. So we need to create these four pieces of content versus thinking about who is the audience that really needs content? What do we want this content to do for us? Uh, Do we want it to, to inform? Do we want it to persuade? Do we want it to provide a humorous look at this you know how uh, what are we trying to do? do we want it to convert what do we want this piece of content to do and that was our biggest issue there was no thought about what task that content was supposed to do for us. So as a result, you know, 70%, I'm sure you've heard the statistics, 70 to 75% of the content that marketing organizations are creating nowadays never get used, never get looked at, never get touched. And when you think about how much money and effort goes into creating the content that we're all putting out, that's really sad. So you need to kind of flip that around and think about, what are we doing there and that's again knowing that audience knowing the purpose of that content is the very most basic thing and then once you understand those i think it makes it a lot easier to come up with the topics based on also what part of the funnel funnel you're trying to address um and then after that point it's kind of a little more around creativity right it's like what kind of content do we want to put out there what resonates with our customers hopefully you have some sort of statistics on you know webinars work really well for us on this particular Particular topic with this particular audience, or you know, we see a lot of uh, blog hits from this particular region, so maybe we should try a, a, a an event there, you know, a regional event. So hopefully, using that data to then, to inform what you're offering and content um, should definitely be a focus. And then again, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times, but atomizing that content. We don't reuse content enough. Um, that's not just a problem in marketing, that's a problem in technical content, that's a problem in content in general. And that's how you kind of get to these places where you have 14 different versions of a piece of content and you know nobody can find it and uh, there's then 17 different white papers addressing pretty much the same thing, but that's because nobody talked to each other. And there's a number of reasons for that. part of its people, part of its technology or lack of, and part of it's just this lack of planning around the content. So when you're actually sitting down and thinking about the content you want to create based on the audience and the, the purpose of that content, I think you should also think from the very beginning about how you can reuse that content. And that's, you know, for example, taking a white paper and saying, oh, we could also build a webinar off of this, we can have a podcast, we can build an infographic, we can build social media copy perhaps well obviously for us to use but maybe our partners as well to help us promote this so thinking about that from the beginning really helps you get a lot more bang for your buck in that particular offering
0: great well I really appreciate your insight and taking time to to be here and, and give us your experience with content Alyssa if folks have additional questions or would like more information about how to improve their current content Strategy. Is there a way that they should get in contact with you?
1: Sure, I'm on Twitter at afox98, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Alyssa Fox, and um, you can contact me either way through one of those.
0: Great. Well, we really uh, appreciate you taking the time to share your insights on content strategy, Alyssa, and we wish you the best as you uh, as you grow things there at Alert Logic as the senior director of partner marketing. Thanks for, for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.